press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life, darling. That's right. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. I know, I know, I know. You were all expecting us to come back with British accents. <laughs> Dylan, I have to tell you, I've been trying to like be funny and use use them to like tell people like the different slang and lingo and expression they picked up. I fear that my British accent is worse post London. That's because I think we interacted with people from so many different parts of London and like areas of England that it's sort of a, a big mishmash of accents. Yeah. I also think the allure of it, the intrigue and the shock factor wore off after a couple of days. So you and I were like starry eyed Union Jacks in our eyes the first like couple of days. And then it like sort of just became normal. We were freaking out that first day when we got <laughs> off the plane. Well, first of all, the flight was like 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. or whatever, right, and we were like right. completely fried. But that first day, we were just like wandering around the streets of London, truly unwell and exhausted, but like giddy and giggly and being like, oh my God, the accents. It you fell in love crazy. immediately with that bartender at that pub who was definitely straight, but like yes. gi- giving you his time, which was so, so cute. Yes. Oh my God. I'm like nostalgic already. I keep joking that we're like those girls that studied abroad in college and then came back and were like, you know, I studied abroad and they miss it every day. I understand now. I must say, I, I am sorry to those girls <laughs> who studied abroad for a summer or a May master or whatever they did. Because we fully immersed ourselves in British culture. The trip of an absolute lifetime. I, I like that we're just jumping right into this. Yes. Okay. So for our listeners who might be new or who are like, what's going on? This is a twin talk episode where we every single month except January. And the reason we didn't do it in January is because we took a holiday break. That was our yeah. twin talk episode. We decided we to We were talking just not on the pod. Talking amongst ourselves. We are trying this fun new feature on drama where you get to hear from us because in the regular episodes we're chit-chatting with guests we mostly hear about their careers but here you're going to get to know connor me aka the one with the more annoying gay voice and dylan the one who is not me and (laughs) no it's so fun because i don't want to jump ahead too much but we met people who listen to the podcast in london and they were jarred to hear us in real life And international friends of the pod, which was also so fun. And listeners, we've been talking about this trip for months and it finally happened. We were there for 12 days. 12 12 days. days. Away for I would say our feet were on the ground in England, in Europe for 12 days. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Connor, I am so glad that you had this idea to go. And obviously, we framed it around this trip of one wanting to just spend, you know, we're 29, way to reveal our age. And, you know, we're turning 30 halfway through this year and we wanted to do a trip just the two of us we have not done anything like this since college let alone for this amount of time can i just say it fully felt like we unplugged oh my god well aside from like still being on social media unplugged- what i mean by unplugged is no worries about work or life back home yes Ah. Uh- Oh my God, it was a dream. The fact that we, I was, have you seen me less stressed? Oh my God. I kept telling everyone that you were just so happy. (laughs) 
And it was like really nice to see Connor so happy again. And that's no fault to, you know, the life that you live every day because you are a happy person. But we all get stressed out by our jobs and in the and real, life, the first world problems as we we call them. I'm coming from a place of privilege and that I was able to unplug and take a, a vacation for this amount of time, but I have not taken a real, real, real vacation in years. And listeners, right. if you can do it, you gotta do it. It is so important to leave your everyday setting for a reason that's pleasure. Not to go to a bachelorette party or a wedding or a family reunion or a homecoming or a high school reunion or you have to go out and do something for yourself. And that's what we did. And I'm so happy that this was our return to twin trips and we need to do one again next year. But the thing is, I just want to go <laughs> I just want to go back to London already. <laughs> because I in know. a way, it feels like New York. There's a theater scene, there's a gay scene, there's culture, there's history. But mm-hmm. it was new. It was like the magic of going to New York as a kid is the way I keep describing it. But London and as adults. And you and I did the damn thing. We were not, you know, we didn't let the jet lag get us down. We stayed boots moving. We did everything that we really pretty much set out to do and more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we should kind of just go through and talk about some highlights. Let's look, like share some favorite moments of our trip to London, you know, we saw some shows, we met some friends. And I told everybody this is not a theater trip. We're not traveling X amount of miles to go and sit in a theater. But you know, we couldn't help ourselves. We no. love it yes. so much. How could we not? And while we were there, you kept like selling me on the next one, selling me on the next one. And I was in, I was in. But the genesis of this trip was Paul Meskel was doing A Streetcar Named Desire at the Alameda Theater playing Stanley. and. This is well documented on this podcast. When I found out tickets went on sale, when I found out tickets were sold out, when I found out I got tickets, when I found out the trip, all of it is here. You can all trace it back the last several months. And so that was sort of the centerpiece, right? And boy, oh boy, it's funny because it's like the thing we planned for, but it's not necessarily the thing that like stands out to me the most out of everything, but not because it wasn't incredible. It was. I think it was just the one thing we expected. Everything else was so unexpected. And so this... It was an amazing play. We saw it on like a rainy Wednesday afternoon. Perfect time and to see it. The Almeida is fabulous. I loved the theater setup. It's so intimate. Streetcar Named Desire is one of my favorite plays. I think it's Tennessee's best. I mean, what a star vehicle for whomever gets to play Blanche, right? Yeah, right. And boy, did she eat. Patsy Farron? Yes. Star. She was absolutely remarkable. And the only person in the cast we knew going in was Paul. And I had never even seen the movie, but Connor is quite knowledgeable about the film because, Connor, you love that kind of stuff. Love. And Paul was amazing. It was jarring as hell to hear him with an American accent, but sexy and gritty. And it it really did feel like a transformation because Connell and then his character, Colm, in After Sun, have a similar presence, I felt, and a little bit more quiet and reserved. And Stanley is anything but that. He's a bulldozer. And he was amazing in it. But I have to say, the best part was we met him. We met Paul Meskel. Did we? It's a dream at this we point, did. Dylan. And you know, it, you know, we used to be stage door sallies back in the day. What theater fan who came up as a teen on message boards didn't perch outside of a stage door for a signature or two? Jonathan Groff stage doored Thoroughly Modern Millie for Sutton. Yes. He gave and us we, that permission. He did. And we stage doored for Paul. But you know, we didn't do it. We didn't. No, we didn't. We weren't planning. What I keep telling people is because everyone's like, Oh, my God, how'd you meet him? How'd you meet him? And I always just say this. We had our 10 pound standing room tickets. They were in the top. 
So you had to leave. There was like three entrances based on where you were sitting, which mm-hmm. was also interesting. Good for crowd control, I guess. Yeah. But so we were leaving and you have to leave the building to go back into the bathroom. And literally we were in there five minutes after the show ended. Like, I'm serious. It was for like five minutes. Yes. I, I always like a travel we. Whenever I leave somewhere, I try to. A know, travel we. Oh, so you are using wee. British distance. Yeah. No. Well, I always have said this because my friend Elspeth says it. Okay. Okay. But anyway. So I leave the bathroom. We're coming out, and you and I were like, "Oh, what should we do?" We're, we're literally on our phones trying to figure out like our which plans for that night. Which bus to take? Yeah. And which bus to take? And then all of a sudden, someone goes, "Oh my God, there's Paul!" It was me. It, oh, <laughs> you were that someone. You were. Someone. I was the someone. I said, "Oh, there he is!" And oh, you go, he, "He, he," because moments prior, you had had an eye to eye confrontation. With, a, you know what? This is a hidden memory from the trip. I don't think I've told a soul. I don't think we've told anybody that this happened. Drama exclusive. Aziz Ansari, formerly canceled by Babe.com, comedian, actor, stand-up, writer. Right. Aziz Ansari, which is weird because we were just talking earlier about, weren't we just talking about like Parks and Rec and yes. like Shit's Creek and like these comedies? So it's so weird that he was there. And this woman in front of me just goes, Aziz, I'm so glad to see you. It's so, or so she goes, it's so cool to see you here. He goes, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I, I forgot about him in general. You know, he really did disappear for a second. But that was, it didn't matter to me because Paul so, was everything. He he then appeared, he met in the little cafe next to the theater with Academy Award nominee, Richard E. Grant, who okay, just yes. released a book or is releasing a book. I just saw that online and I would actually love to read that. You know, I'm a celebrity memoir queen. Is he a gay? I know he loves Barbara Streisand. Because he gives gay energy to me. Is it because he was gay in The Shape of Water? He was in Everybody's Talking About Jamie, the film. And he said that he has changed his tune about accepting gay roles going forward. So... Oh, okay. So he's like, he's the Natasha Leone of the gay community in that not gay, gives gay energy, plays gay roles, but we're, all, we're okay with it ultimately. Like Stanley Tucci. Like we allow it. You know, there's certain people that are allowed. Wait, wait. <laughs> Connor's doing that Britney Spears moment when he, she found out that Ryan Seacrest is straight. Wait, BFFR. Stanley Tucci is not gay? No. What? Yeah. I'm picturing him like in Hunger Games. I'm picturing him in, of course, The Devil Wears Prada. Right. Wait, are you sure? Connor, positive. This is a weird moment. I'm having an out because in real time, I'm like, I'm watching you learn this and it's jarring. Speaking of straight playing gay, isn't Paul going to be playing gay? He is. I forgive him. Listen. Him and Josh. <laughs> he gets a pass. Josh, Josh O'Connor. Ugh, love them. They're going to be this playing is... gay together. That's fun. So yeah, we met Paul, like just, just to get back to it. And he was the nicest guy ever. Oh, so he, he finished his little cafe meeting with Richard Grant, Richard E. Grant, and he walked outside and he just started immediately signing. And we were like, oh my God. So we joined the maddening crowd and we pushed ourselves through the very polite, I will say it was a very polite gaggle of theater goers. What and, an observation. And you held because out the, the program. Because we did have One Direction days of... You know, being pushing young girls to the ground and I think fracturing an elbow or two. We had to curb stomp the directioners when need be. But with <gasps> that Paul, has to be <laughs> the most insane thing that's ever been said on this pod. But I, the Paul <laughs> experience, I blacked out. I recorded a lot of it and it's nonsensical. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Yes, I put it in our shared thing. I didn't realize it till I went back and was adding you pictures. You filmed in. the meeting. Okay, so we 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 met him. He signed for us. We told him we love normal people. He smiled. He told us he loves normal people. He thanked us for coming. He was I love charming. normal people. Yeah, he was so sexy and genuinely like Ugh. earthy. Yet he felt like a big star because it was also the day after his Academy Awards nomination and. Oh my uh, God. Yes. It was just so special. It was just so special. That to me is like in my top three moments of the trip. Totally. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned but it, that we didn't go into it looking at theater, but I will say like my other top moments were probably, you know, see experiencing theater in particular cabaret, which uh, is this crazy revival over there on the West end in the West end in the West end. Okay. This was explained to us. Yes. It's on Broadway in the West end. Perfect. Perfect. And it was absolutely remarkable. All the rumors are 100% true about it. And it is an experience that you can only describe as mysterious, Ooh. thrilling, <gasps> shocking, oh, and thought-provoking. My, my. <laughs> Dylan, one of those things that's hyped, that's up to the hype. Mm-hmm. And the experience makes you enjoy the show but more. Yeah, totally. And I had only seen the film with Liza, which I liked, but this was, I mean. I know. Should we tell people? No, I wonder if we should keep keep the secrets thing. Yeah, yes, because it was mostly kept secret from us. I'm glad we did have a little warning because so much was happening that by the time we got, finally, it was the last night of our trip, got to the Kit Kat Club. I'm so glad I had a little, like I could kind of level set or something. Like I was like, I know that I need to be entering this world. I know Mm -hmm. some things I'm about to see. So I don't know how they're going to do it on Broadway. I don't think Broadway's cool enough. I'm sorry. I don't think Broadway's cool enough. Yeah. I I was thinking about it and I really do. Like, I know that there's rumors that the Lyceum Theater is the last of the Schubert theaters that needs to be renovated. The damn thing and make it into the, or if, if that's who's doing it. But you know how, like, when you go to see a show at the Imperial, you can exit on the other side of the block? Yes. I almost wonder if they should do it, like, Great Comet style, where you can walk through, where you have to walk through, like, other hallways and whatnot. And there's all that lobby space. You it figured it out. It could work. It, ha- it has to be there. And there is an upstairs, obviously. I think that the Imperial could be good. The Lyceum could work, too. There just isn't a lot of... You almost need to take a venue that has not been, you know, used to its full potential yet and and make that right for it. Because it would involve construction. It involves creating theater in the round in a way. And I don't want to give away anything else, but it is absolutely remarkable. And shout out to Matthew Gent and Emily Benjamin, who were absolutely unreal as the MC and Sally Mother Tuckin' Bulls in this production. Period. You have to see it to believe it. I'm so glad we got to see it at the Kit Kat Club in the West End. And then my number three experience that I will say, theater-wise, oh God, how can I possibly choose? Wait, really quick, before you get into number three, I want to say, here's an idea for cabaret in America. Because you know it's going to come. To your point about the venues, why does it have to go to Broadway? Why can't it be like a Sweeney Todd in the pie shop scenario, or Great Comet in the tent, which everyone loved, or the immersive K-pop? And... Do it somewhere somewhere where the venue fits the experience. I know yeah. commercial theater is so, give us awards and money and, no, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. But wouldn't it be amazing if it was in a venue that suited the story and the, the experience? Yes. 
Yes. That could be something great. Um, okay, so you're about to say number three. I know, but I can't rank them. You can't rank them? Well, let's just maybe talk about my favorite then. Wait, which your was... favorite, not mine? <laughs> well, <laughs> of course, I love Paul and Streetcar. Absolutely had my mind blown by the entire cabaret experience. But we went to go see slash immerse ourselves in Punch Drunk's new, I guess I'll say the word again, experience. I'm so sorry. Ugh, I feel like I'm being, I need a synonym.com visit. It's called The Burnt City. So it's, you all have heard of Sleep No More. And actually Gideon Glick talked about this. He did, he highly our, recommended it. Yeah, which is funny because you were like, oh yeah, Gideon Glick. And I was like, did he really recommend this? Because a few other people did as well. But oh my God. Okay, we're being teases on this episode, but it's an experience that must be seen to believe to believe i know it's through september there is no way they're not going to extend it right like oh that yeah, was... yeah totally <gasps> oh my god when we go back to london we have to do that actually i yes. already have a few things on the list but we have to go back to the burn city it was this exciting blend of storytelling choreography music set design performance art pulling on things we know like mythology and history, history and blending it all together to make this unique art it, yeah. it's what art should be it was things you were saying about cabaret but like scary sexy um dangerous intriguing my heart was like racing the whole time not because i was actually i was scared at times walking through these halls alone because you walk around in these yeah. masks but also because i was you know the anxious virgo in me was like Will I get to experience all of it? And the answer is I didn't because I missed a pivotal nude shower scene, which I'm so pissed that I missed. But, oh my God, I need to go back to the burnt city. We have to go back. It was absolutely incredible. And again, something that is worth every penny. And it's going to be hard to duplicate it because it's in these converted warehouses. And basically you enter and, and these stories kind of happen on a loop so you can follow characters and experience it over and over again. It blew my mind. I highly recommend it to anybody going over there. And if Sleep No More is anything like it, I need to immediately get to see Sleep No More because... Oh my God. But I almost want to sit with Burnt City for a little bit longer before I see do Sleep No More. But agree. Yeah. So thank you, Gideon, and everyone else who suggested that one. Let's just keep talking about the different theater shows that we saw before we yeah. jump into just other experiences. Y'all know we had to see Anne Juliet. We had to go and... Oh my God, a musical we already loved with the two die for accents starring Cassidy Jansen and Oliver Thompson. What could be better? I know. We got to see Miriam Teague Lee, who was, she won the Olivier for the role of Juliet. We got to see some incredible other cast, like replacement cast members. Tom Francis. We saw Tom Billy, Francis. Billy Nevers or Nevers yes. as Francois Nevers. and Joe Foster as May. As May. And the mm -hmm. three of them, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Incredible. In and, and Melinda oh. Paris as Angelique. Oh. And we saw an understudy as, what is his name? Francois' Lance. dad. Lance, yeah. Hilarious. Everyone was perfect. I hate to compare Broadway to West End, but I thought it just, the sensibility of it worked so much better over there. And it was just absolutely hilarious, heartwarming. You and I also wreaked absolute havoc in the Shaftesbury Theater. <laughs> Because we got there early and after crushing a bottle of prosecco at at this amazing dinner beforehand. At yes, called, called the Palomar. The Palomar, which is in 
the West End area, like near a lot mm. of the theaters, like Soho, near Chinatown, even everyone, you got to the Palomar. It's nearby. Perfect for a pre-theater meal. You got to make a reservation. But yeah, incredible. we got there right as it opened. Oh, my God. It we was like the bear. <laughs> we were in the it bear. Was very, it was very nice <laughs> there. Yeah. Yes, chef. And so, of course, Anne Juliet was perfect. And it was so nice to see Cassidy in real life. And stay tuned because we might be having another cast member from the West End and Juliet on the pod this spring before it closes. Period. As far as, far as other theater goes, but we did see two other shows. And we saw Mother Goose, which is a pantomime. And it starred Sir Ian McKellen. And pantomimes are something that we don't have here in the States. But they it is genius. It's musical. It's fairy tale. It's comedy. It's crass. Costumes. Audience participation. Family friendly. Yet... The innuendos. It was just absolutely brilliant. We were cracking up. It was also like the first day we're walking around and we just walked up to the theater. We're like, oh my God, Ian McKellen's in this. Wouldn't this be cool to go to? Like we can get cheap seats. And remember the person behind, like who was at the ticket desk was uh-huh. talking so softly. So softly. That, that was troubling to sort of process. Um, but Ian McKellen was incredible. And this pantomime we laughed our asses off. And it was an amazing introduction to British culture too, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Because we did a little panto mm-hmm. with British comedian John Bishop, was also the other star, and he was so funny and hot, TBH. So we did that, and then we decided to do a little Taylor Swift's London Boy and go to Shoreditch in the afternoon, mother. Period R. Period, period oink, as we were saying, period mm-hmm. oink. We had Sunday roast, which if any of our international listeners are hearing this, they're going to be like, these are the most basic little gay boys trouncing around London. But we went and we had Sunday roast, which is an incredible tradition. And then we caught like a bit of the Man U Arsenal football game amongst the locals. It was truly like I was living my Ted Lasso Tennessee. It was so as I as I told Joel <laughs> later that week. It was hot. It was just so <laughs> the masculine energy and the communal energy of these East London men watching their favorite sport on the telly. It was it was it was so much fun. I really loved that. And then uh, I want crisps. Absolutely. So Mother Goose was phenomenal. And then the last thing we saw of the shows we saw was called Two Twenty Two. A ghost story. And it took a little bit I fought tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. I fought tooth and nail all week yes. against you, Dylan. There was even a night we were going to see it. And we got into our only fight of the trip. Um, <laughs> because I didn't really want to go because I was also scared. I was scared. And you had every reason to be. It was very <laughs> jumpy. It starred absolute UK sweetheart superstar Cheryl, as she's now called, formerly Cheryl Cole of Girls Aloud, as well as X Factor fame, mother to Liam Payne's child, Bear. And she's now a West End Wait, star. Wait, what? The child is named Bear? It is. I think I knew this, but it was something I selectively, my brain selectively chose to file away. Yeah, it's named Bear. That's weird. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. That's I weird. I don't really know where it came, like what the, you know... Suddenly, everyone's looking back on Gwyneth Paltrow naming her daughter Apple and thinking, ah, oh, beautiful name, Apple. And she's also a beautiful girl. Oh, she's stunning. Yeah. Yeah, she's she has good girl. genes, of course. But okay, so GP went to go see... Um, Leah Michelle. Funny girl. Yeah. I was a little gagged. Yes. And 222 A Ghost Story was also unlike anything I've seen on Broadway in that it felt... 
I don't know if I'm just generalizing, but I love that it's a pure take on West End theater. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like producers, theater owners, I don't really know how it works out there, put out shows that are unique. Mm-hmm. They're not your classic revival of a play or your commercial musical. There's an in-between world here where pantomimes are on the West End and these original plays, it's a literal thriller ghost story on yes. Broadway. I've never seen it. I'm sorry, on the West End in a commercial venue. And I've never seen anything like that on Broadway. Like, yeah. it was scary. And when there would be these effects that would happen, you know, that were scary, it was so fun that the audience was so reactive and vocal. Totally. You could tell everyone was invested. Yes. Like, how fun is that? It was a cold Sunday night in London. Well, the way that it worked was that every time some sort of a horror moment would happen, you'd hear like a, a blood curdling screech and then the lights <laughs> would all turn red. And then there'd sort of be like a break so the audience could breathe and the mm-hmm. clock would sort of tick forward because we were inching towards 222 on the clock. Okay, not me, ha- not me having the chills. The communal vibe was so fun. And I kind of felt so that fun. across everything that we did. So those were the, the theater experiences that we had. But we need to talk about the people, which I think was even more so the what really defined our trip. And, you know, we we made some new friends. We, we're, we call them the West End Wendy's. Robbie and Martin, who we had a fun night out in Soho, which is like the sort of like the Hell's Kitchen. It's like a gay scene. They do listen to the pod. So I do want to give a shout out to Robbie and Martin. We love our girls. Thank you for a wild ass Wednesday night yes, out with our Wendy's. in Soho with our Wendy's. And we could have just chatted all night about stagey things, mm-hmm. as they said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll say this trip was amazing because I put out on Instagram, like, give me suggestions to do, friends. And I have never heard from more people in my entire life, not even on my birthday, (laughs) all that stuff about things to do in London. And it was truly a team effort Mm -hmm. because we made these lists, lists, lists. I I don't think we did. There's maybe like three or four things, Dylan, that we did that weren't recommended to us. Am I right? Like Totally. And it was a labor of love. So shout out to truly everyone who gave us advice. I tried to text people or tag them on Instagram when I like was at a location they did. But we got to hang out with friend of the pod, Joel Harper Jackson, which if you haven't heard that episode yet, you've got to go back. It was last spring or summer, I think. It was was the last May. Mm -hmm. Last May, who Joel shot to stardom fame. He's already a star, but he shot to the public eye, I should say, when he replaced Taryn Edgerton in the Johnny Bailey play. It was on yes. the West End last year. What theater was that in? Do I don't know. We should look into that. Yeah, they're kind of fun to I think know. about. Now I need to know. Yeah. Um, and it was so lovely. I mean, this is why we do what we do. Yes. We love the connections between artists and ourselves and people who love the art. So that was fun to meet like Robbie and Martin and to connect with Joel. And he was so lovely. And his boyfriend Lloyd, who was on The X Factor, which we didn't know when we were gagged in the moment. And these these experiences of like hanging out with people who live there it took it to the next level of like, right. we're not just visiting and like going to touristy spots, but like they're telling us about their culture. <laughs> I mean, to, to speak about the Joel Harper Jackson bit of it all, cause I don't, I don't know if I'll ever listen to this, but he was just such a gem when we recorded a year ago. And then the fact that when we were coming to London, he was adamant about getting together really meant a lot. And then, which I'll say, you know, we came for Joel, but I'm staying for Lloyd. He, they're an amazing pair. But I, we love Lloyd just as much. He won. Yes, he <laughs> did. Won. And it was so fun to see them Tuesday. And then we had so much fun. We hung out with them again the next day. And it was just lovely to meet more friends through them. It, it really felt like a, a London holiday of meeting new people. 
But we'd be remiss not to mention the person who truly like sort of was the backbone to our London experience while we were there, Jared, who was just the absolute delight in giving suggestions when we got there. And he works with Mamma Mia the Party over there. Which is our biggest regret, not attending the party. Jared, trust me, we'll be back. We'll be going to the party. We'll be partying all night long. Yes. And I'm so sorry we didn't do it. But it's a whole experience, as he explained. Like, you're going, you're eating, you're doing the show, you're doing the literal party after. So it'll be built into the trip from the right. jump because it turns time. into a disco of all ABBA music as the night goes on. God, that'll be fun. But oh, um, that'll be so but Jared, fun. thank you so much. We've told you this in person, but for all the suggestions, including the tour of the Drury Lane Theater, which we absolutely loved, and, you know, meeting up with us throughout the week at cool spots. It was just... So nice and we generous. love you. We absolutely adore you, Jared. Other than that, it was just the little interactions with people on the streets. You know, the, the young gays giving out wristbands in front of GAY. <laughs> we got to see Porn Idol and Jimbo the Drag Clown perform over at Heaven, which is now my new favorite gay club in the world. And really? Absolutely. I would go, I would go tonight if I could. Oh my God. Yeah, I loved it. And the drink, drinks were cheap. It just felt like a lot of young. Maybe I'm just trying to re- hold on to my youth. No, 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 no. I mean, to quote to Lisa, forgive us for what we have done. We're young, we're young, we're young. Okay, a prophet? Yes. A literal prophet. How fun was it to be in these like London gay clubs and it's basically all American music. It was a jarring moment. I mean, I keep citing this part where Miley Cyrus's party in the USA was was playing at heaven and everyone, as I like to say, the club went up to the song. Everyone was <laughs> dancing and singing along at the top of their lungs. I was like, this is a song about America. It was a blast. And of course you and I just laughed the entire time. Oh I mean, God. whether we were at like a boring museum or an exciting museum or Going to Costa Coffee or Cafe Nero yes, or riding the double decker bus, pretending to be Jennifer Coolidge when we were at our hotel breakfast. Yes, or... we were. It was giving White Lotus vibes at the breakfast that we would go to almost almost every morning. <laughs> or quoting Meghan Markle at our Windsor Castle tour, which oh, is yes, so we, that was so fun. We took a day trip tour to Windsor, and we got to see the castle and so many of the royal rooms and vestiges and that's to be a okay, part wait, of for some all. reason this is making me feel so nostalgic now like that it was the best time ever it time. really was it was and i'm just so impressed by us and you know we really did the damn thing because i think that you know as you know we really value our sleep uh-huh. we, we really we you know we wanted to soak it all up though and we no sleep till brooklyn you know aka when we returned to new york at jfk <sighs> right which we were fighting for our lives by the end. I oh. mean that those last two <laughs> or three days were I toughies. Know. I mean, I'll admit we really did immerse ourselves in all of it. But after our evening viewing, Sunday evening viewing of two twenty two, a ghost story, we sort of bought lots of drugstore candy and retreated to our hotel room, in which I signed up for an international Paramount Plus account that I'm currently still being charged for, but can't access because I'm outside of London <laughs> in, on a dummy email in a fake zip code in order to watch Teen Wolf the movie. And when you find yourself there, <laughs> you sort of have to reckon. Yeah. Don't you agree with I just where... Re- yes, we were just laying in our, <laughs> our, our twin beds that were like positioned next to each other. We were out every single night for the exception of maybe like two or three. 
you and I were both like, we're doing dry February. We're doing dry February because as is culture in the States, I'm not going to say this is something specific over there, but it's, you grab a pint, you grab a pint with someone, you know? And, and of course, a lot of the recommendations that we had been given were fun cocktail locations, or we wanted to try and hit up every gay bar in Soho that we could, because that was kind of where our hotel was near. I feel like the grab a pint culture was so much more like when we went to Ireland now. Like, I don't know if I ever heard True. anybody say pint while we were in London. True. Beer culture seems to be more. Absolutely. Does it not? Oh, yeah. Well, what was very jarring was going at the gay clubs. If you wanted a vodka soda, they used Smirnoff, which to me was just oh. wild. It was just wild. And- and the only place that served any sort of hard seltzer was heaven. Yes, that was not a the thing club. at all. And we forgot to mention, we went to Freedom Bar for the Kinky Cabaret Monday we night. We did. We did. We saw some amazing vocalists. But it was so fun. I mean, listeners, I could post all my recommendations, but if you're looking for fun cocktail spots in London, try the Alchemist, try the Gibson, truly any gay bar down the way. Um, we got tapas at this amazing place called Pix. We got, we went to the Palomar. Dishoom for Indian food, absolutely incredible. We liked it so nice, we went twice. I had to say it like that just to be fun. Um, I'm trying to think of other good things. You can't go wrong in Chinatown. We went to this amazing place. I think it was called the Four Seasons. It was called the Four Seasons. It was so tasty. Oh, amazing food. Uh, kind of bad tacos at El Camion. Yeah. But- the Marg was okay. Chips and guac were good. I'm trying to think of other fun wrecks. Well, other than food, I mean, we did like a lot of walking places. The Tate, which is like this beautiful modern art museum. We, of course, went to the National Theater, Shakespeare's Globe. We went to the Museum of London in the Docklands. We went to the British Museum. Which I would yeah. skip. I would yeah. skip the Docklands. Yeah, unless you're like a... Sorry, I'm yawning. It's, it's a lot of art <laughs> from like Egypt and other places of the world in the British Museum. I will also say we did go to the Ivy Chelsea Garden for high tea. Oh, we did afternoon tea. I think afternoon high tea, tea has alcohol. Oh, okay. So it was we, afternoon tea. Listeners, write us in if you know the difference between high and afternoon right? tea. But Dylan, that I, how could I forget that? That I was know. so... We did so much. It was so fun. And, and that to me, like... It needs to be experienced in your lifetime. Y'all, we obviously just had the best time. And that I'm cucumber glad... sandwich, that scone. Ah, oh, the scone. They're... The scone. Oh my God. We're, the we're steak and ale pie, the fish and chips. The it, You know, people who say that the food is dry or it doesn't have a lot of seasoning over there, they're liars. Because there is so much. Especially if you go to like, you know, we went to Middle Eastern restaurant. We went to Indian restaurants. Chinese. We went. We really tried to like sample we went to Japanese all of the cultures. Too. Yeah, we did yeah. Japanese as well. So thank you to everybody who participated in making our trip so amazing. We would not have been able to pull it off without all the suggestions. And I have to also say we did do a haunted London tour, which one of our listeners, Adina, recommended. Mm. We did the exact same tour that she did. It was brilliant. It was spooky. It was great. It was something nice to do at night, too, that wasn't necessarily sitting in a theater. I mean, it felt like theater, though, because our tour guide was absolutely amazing. Oh, I loved him. I forgot yeah. to, like, stalk him on the internet. So much happened. I know. So much happened. He and was so fun. He kind of looked like, I'm going to be alone. He looked kind of like Harry Styles. He looked like Harry Styles at the end of Don't Worry Darling when he's, like, a washed <laughs> up man. But, like, not no. washed up. He wasn't washed up in that regard. He just wasn't as overtly attractive and very <laughs> what a horrible horrible thing to say about someone we loved you tour guide i'm not gonna dox you now but you're I know. amazing but listen speaking of harry styles which we didn't have as much of a one direction experience as we did last time we were in in London. true speaking of harry styles he had a big night at the grammys the other night 
And I think it was unexpected for a lot of people because, you know, going into it, it was, oh, this is Adele versus Beyonce again. And they're definitely going to give it to Beyonce. Do you think that votes were split and Harry ultimately won the album of the year? Like what the hell happened? Renaissance. I know it was both in our top albums of the year. I still listen to it all the time. I don't know. Someone told me a few years ago that the Grammys is basically like a scam for the record labels. Like who's selling the most records? Like let's give them Grammys so they sell more, sell even more records than they were already selling. That's why it's all popular music hmm. mostly, aside from like best new artists, which always confuses me. But it's a weird category. I don't know what happened when when the when Trevor was reading the the ballot. I was shocked. I thought it was either going to be Beyonce or Adele, and I actually, meh, I don't know. And there's a large population that really, really believed it was going to be Bad Bunny. Yes. I mean, Renaissance was the best album of last year, start to finish. Everything about yeah. it, absolutely incredible. I did love Harry's House, but best album of last year? I don't know. It's certainly not the album that I think of when I think about last year. Last summer, yes, because I loved it. But then Renaissance came out and kind of took over everything. Yeah. Whereas Adele's 30 came out, you know, over a year ago. Oh my God. It, a year and a couple yeah, months. Yeah, so true. Like, I don't even associate it with the last year. That's what's weird about, like, the eligibility yeah. rulings. Like, I wonder if they should, you know, <laughs> just for, like, transparency's sake, just do January to calendar yeah, year. Yeah, like, wh yes. what's up with that? It's so weird. But I was just shocked that it was Harry. I really think it should have been Renaissance. I want to know what he meant when he said this doesn't happen to guys like me. I'm seeing threads on Twitter about people kind of really tearing him apart about this. And you and I have been longtime Harry fans. So we know that he's not the brightest, <laughs> most eloquent person out there. Slow talker. Even at his concerts, he kind of says a lot of nonsense and just crowd does crowd work. <laughs> I think what he really meant was that he he himself views himself still as like this, this boy with a dream who tried out for X Factor, you know? And, and whether that, that's not me making an excuse for him, because I truly don't know. We, none of us really know what he meant. I don't... It was a little bit of a tone-deaf comment, especially knowing the how fraught that category has been. The fact that a Black woman hasn't won since, I think, 1999. Really? Yeah, I think Lauren Hill was the last one to win. That's fucked up. Yeah, I mean, people who are saying he meant something bad about it, y'all, go touch grass. What, what, would he, why, what do you mean? He, he was like trying to, he didn't mean it doesn't happen to white men. That's not what he meant. I think he was just in shock. And you're right, Dylan. I think he still maybe thinks of himself as like, you know, not deserving of this, of this award. I don't know. That's the only like, the, the kindness in my heart has to imagine that's what he meant because it seemed like genuine surprise. Don't you think? It wasn't oh, like when was it wasn't like when Taylor Swift used to pretend to be shocked. <laughs> right, right, right. Although she was a fun girl on Sunday. She was fun. She was actually like kind of carrying the party, going around <laughs> and socializing with everybody. And Lizzo, I have to say, like, Lizzo was so much fun. I loved that she won. Now, that Dylan, award. we've talked on this pod I know. about her vocals, and I need you to. I need to tell you, I thought she sounded great. You literally texted me and said, I love Liz's live vocals. <laughs> I don't remember who, who I was talking about it in front of. It was on the I, No, no, I think it was a twin talk. Was it a twin talk? I think it I was. sort of changed my tune. I think that she's gotten much better. I love that we are humans who can evolve and sort of change our viewpoints. Yes. And we, and you know, you and I can usually be swayed by almost anything at any time. Absolutely. So. <laughs> absolutely. I thought, she, I thought that she sounded great. And her speech was definitely the best one of the night. Oh. Other than Beyonce's, but she thanked the queer community. But and Kim Petras' speech. I'm going to say my dose. Actually, I'm going to say my dose of drama right now. Let's do can it. Can we say it now? Yes, we're Let's almost at the it. end of the chat. So 
Okay, my dose of drama is Grammys related. It was the gays <laughs> who were tweeting, Beyonce just thanked me. <laughs> Are you having a good night? I am. Beyonce just thanked me. Uh-huh. Like what? Yeah. Tough. No, she thanked the queer community. Don't make this about yourself. They're being funny, Dylan. I was just like the, the, the RuPaul girls that were tweeting that. It was like, are you all right? Oh, my God. It was silly. The, the RuPaul silly. girls were foolish. tweeting that? Oh, that's boring. Uh-huh. It's like, come on. Yeah. I will say more recent seasons. <laughs> the ones who dominate Twitter. Hell hath no fury. Like a like an in-season Ru girl. I think I tell you this. This isn't my dose of drama, but it could be. Nothing ruins a Drag Race episode for me like a like a Rue girl logging on to fight the haters and tell everyone to spread love. I agree with the sentiment, but it's a TV show. Stop it. Like we just ignore we, it. If you're receiving hate, it's one thing. If you were being attacked, like I get it, but maybe mute it and move on because it's the internet. You cannot control the way these trolls are going to talk to you, unfortunately. And you're being annoying. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. The trolls just want attention. Marsha, Marsha, yeah, Marsha. Every week's logging on. It's going to be a fun week where we don't fight. It's like, oh my God, stop. We're watching a reality show about queer people competing against each other. Can't we have a little little spice? A little juice? Yes. Well, we do have spice. We do. <laughs> we do. Oh, wait. I also loved in London when we would like be sleepy on Saturdays before we go out and like be like getting ready to go out and watch. We watched Drag Race on, a, on the VPN. Not the same one that we used to watch the Teen Wolf movie. So that was my dose of drama. Do you have a dose of drama before we head into our drama plus section? Yes. It will only be available behind. And we're getting into some Broadway news. We're going to be talking about, I'm just going to preview this here for you all. We're going to be getting in to this La La Land stage adaptation. We're going to be getting into some casting news. We're going to be getting in to some drama. Our listener submitted segment where we answer your juicy questions. We're saving it because this episode went a little long. We're saving it for Drama Plus this week. Uh, or this month, I should say. Right, okay, so my dose of drama for this week's, this this month's Twin Talk. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's about London. Why are your coffees so little? This is a crime. Yeah. I am used to my ventis, which, okay, Starbucks in London does have a venti, but they don't have a nice coffee. They have a nice Americano or a cold brew or whatever you want to get iced. But what about a regular iced coffee? Now, London's little coffees, because they were so little, I had to buy many. I had to buy multiple right. coffees a day. And they're not cheap. The, you know. Exchange rate. Exchange rate was a sneaky, sneaky little bitch. And on the topic of coffees being little, the little flat whites that people ordered. Yeah. Flat whites are so popular in London. And I Extremely. asked a, a lovely British gal named Leah about this. And she said it's because in America, we all are, we all like these huge drinks that we like, you know, more and savoring it. Whereas in London, she said they like to cut to the point, get their little coffee, the nice taste, it's quick, and they got their boost. What yeah. do you think about that? I thought it was, it was jarring, especially when we got drunk food. And oh. I had ordered, you know, my large Coke, because I love me a fountain Coke. And he handed me a medium. It was very clearly a medium by American standards. And I and I said, oh, I had gotten this as large. He goes, this is the large size. You Karen the... I felt like, I felt like 
someone from the Super Size Me documentary with my launch. <laughs> I literally felt like the two-ton woman. Oh my god! For my large coke, but you know it's okay. I'm weak. It's okay. I was sad about that. Dylan, this was so fun. I am oh so thrilled fun. about our London trip. The Grammys were super fun. But y'all, like I said, we're gonna be talking about stuff on Drama Plus, which is on our Patreon, patreoncom drama podcast because we need to discuss, like I said, La La Land. Some casting. And, and in casting, I mean, we're, we're getting into SJB as Norma Desmond and what the streets are saying. Yes. You know, we're going to get in to the Anne Juliet Broadway Tony consideration drama, which. Yes. Juicy, juicy. And some drama. So thank you all for listening. Thanks for bearing with us as we talk about our London trip. I'm actually glad we have this as a little time capsule here, Dylan, where yes. we can forever. We can look back forever. Totally. Like a dragonfly in amber, our, our London trip will forever be immortalized. <laughs> All right, Connor. Well, I will see you on Drama Plus. But um, for everyone else, I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.